Just west of Chicago is the village of Maywood, Illinois. On a residential block of South 17th Avenue, just across from a middle school, there's a two-story light brown brick house. And it's a simple, modest house. It looks like any other house in the neighborhood. For over 50 years, there was a couple who had lived in this home from the 1950s all the way until 2016, when the wife passed away. At that point, the house was in need of repairs, and there was a lot of money owed against the subprime loan the couple had taken in the early 2000s. Soon, the banks moved to foreclose. But there was one man who knew that this ordinary-looking building was the home of an extraordinary legacy. He was determined to save the house from foreclosure. We told him, handcuffs and caskets before we abandoned it. That was our, that was our line for the Hampton House. That man is Fred Hampton Jr. And this simple brick building was the boyhood home of his father, the civil rights icon, Fred Hampton Sr. We said all power to all people. We said white power to white people. Brown power to brown people. Yellow power to yellow people. Black power to black people. X power to booze that we left out. This is Atlas Obscura. I'm Baudelaire. And today, we'll go to 804 South 17th Avenue to hear how the remarkable, but short, life and career of Fred Hampton Sr. began in this house and how his son, Fred Hampton Jr., is working to protect and continue his father's legacy. The Hampton House, after this. We got to start getting out there with the people. And a lot of times we think we're better than the people. That's an insult and that's criminal. Think you're better than the people. We gotta get together. That's Fred Hampton giving a speech in 1968. At the time, he was only 20. Fred Hampton loved the people. And the people who knew Fred Hampton loved him. Chairman Fred, he's a charismatic, courageous organizer. Chairman Fred's a Black Panther. He's a Black Panther. And this is Fred Hampton's son, who was named after his father. I'm Chairman Fred Hampton Jr., uh, the international chairman of the Black Panther Party Cubs. I'm a servant of the people. I'm humbled and honored to be uh, the son of Chairman Fred Hampton. As he mentioned, he's the leader of the Black Panther Party Cubs, a group working to establish a new generation of Panthers devoted to the community. Part of their mission is to honor the legacy of the original Black Panther Party. And some might say there's no Black Panther more famous than Fred Jr.'s dad. I believe that the Black Panther Party was Chairman Fred's calling. That was his calling. That was... It was suited and booted for him. As a leader in the Panthers, Fred Hampton Sr. shined as a grassroots organizer. But before he was Chairman Fred Hampton, a nationally known leader in the Black Panther Party, he was just a kid from Maywood, Illinois. Frederick Allen Hampton. And he grew up in this two-floor light brown brick house at 804 South 17th Avenue. 804 South 17th Avenue, a two-story house in Maywood, a suburb right off the west side of Chicago. This is where Fred's senior story begins. He was the youngest of three children. His parents weren't so politically active, but they were close to a really important moment in civil rights history. Emmett Till was from Chicago. When he was little, Emmett was babysat by Beria Hampton, Fred's mom. In 1955, Emmett Till was brutally murdered in Mississippi, and that event resonated across the country, and no doubt, it resonated in the Hampton home in Maywood. Fred Hampton was seven years old at the time. 
Fast forward five years, Fred Hampton Sr. is a 12-year-old attending Irving Middle School, which is right across from his house on South 17th. A woman who was a classmate of Fred's shared a story with his son, Fred Jr. She told me one of the war stories that um, when he was a child, he had seen the blatant contradiction of how, like, Melrose Park, the white suburb that you, is right next to Maywood, you, you know, you've seen, you've seen, you know, white children able to go enjoy the swimming pool facilities, and black children were denied that. So he's only 12. A 12-year-old wants nothing more than to be able to play in a swimming pool. But Fred didn't just stand by and accept the racism. She was explaining to me how he um, got her and a couple more classmates. And she said, he got these sticks and cardboard. I said, I said what? She said, you heard me sticks, like branches. Like she said, tree branches. 12-year-old Fred Hampton took his classmates back to his house at 804 South 17th Avenue. They took the cardboard, wrote some protest signs, and stuck them on those tree branches. Then they headed over to that swimming pool. And while they were protesting, the police threw live tear gas canisters out, you know, out at She said he, he took the live tear gas canister while I was still smoking, and took it and threw it back in the police station. 12 years old. 12 years old. At 12 years old, you're in what? the sixth grade? I don't know what y'all were doing at 12, but I was playing video games and bugging my older brothers. But Fred Hampton Sr., here he is in the sixth grade, organizing and leading his classmates to the front line of a protest. Six years later, Fred Hampton is 18. He's still living at 804 South 17th Avenue. He's appointed the head of the local junior NAACP chapter, and now he's not just organizing in his neighborhood. He's organizing across the entire city of Chicago. And you said that he increased the junior NAACP local membership from seven to 200 kids? It's about seven to about 300. And that was just in seven months. In 1968, Fred Hampton went to work with a new group from the West Coast, the Black Panthers. This is when he moved out of his childhood home. The next three years of his life are well-documented. Fred Hampton Sr. became a leader on the national level. In 1969, he was named chairman of the Black Panther Party, Illinois chapter. He was only 20 years old. He was young, but he was good. You must murder a freedom fighter like Bobby Hutton, but you can't murder freedom fighting. He established the Free Breakfast for Children program in Chicago, free medical clinics, and this is when he established the Rainbow Coalition, which you've probably heard of. Hampton saw civil rights as something that went beyond race. It had to do with class divisions. The Rainbow Coalition worked to bring Blacks, Whites, Asians, and Hispanics together across racial boundaries to work for the betterment of all disenfranchised people in the Chicago area. And it's amazing to think that Hampton did all this at the age of 20. There's no doubt he would have done more. But sadly, Fred Hampton's life was cut short. On December 4th, 1969, he was killed by the Chicago PD with help from the FBI. Many believe it was nothing less than an assassination. Hampton's parents lived in the house at 804 South 17th Avenue for another 40 plus years. Fred's dad died in 2008 and his mom passed away in 2016. After that, the family struggled to keep the house. Two years later, in June of 2018, the home went into default and a judgment of foreclosure was entered that July. A lot of people say, man, it's just it's lost call. Man, just give it up. You know what I'm saying? The banksters and the gangsters had it in his clutches, you know. At that point, the house was in pretty bad shape. 
the roof needed repairs, and just generally needed some renovations. But to Fred Jr., the house was worth fighting for. Not only was this the childhood home of his dad, a civil rights legend, but it was also where Fred Jr. went as a kid to visit his grandparents. So Fred Jr. took action. He took the loan contract his grandparents had signed to the then Cook County Recorder of Deeds. He had said that reviewing this, he had seen that my grandparents were subjected to one of the most predatory loans that he had ever seen. It was like a microcosm of what happened to our people in so many cases. Fred Jr.'s grandparents had taken out an adjustable rate subprime loan in 2007. It was these kinds of loans that led to the housing bubble crisis and to a recession. With the adjustable rate, the interest on the Hamptons' home could balloon to almost 16%, which is impossible to manage. So Fred Jr. went to work organizing protests, petitions, and gathering funds to save the Hampton house. Full disclosure, there was a GoFundMe that I donated to in 2018. But this was more than just saving the house from the bank. Fred Jr. also wanted the house to be declared a landmark. They had my quote in the police station. My quote, that I, you know, our mantra for the Hampton house was, we told them, handcuffs and caskets before we abandoned it. That was our, that was our line for the Hampton house. And throughout all of this, Fred Jr. is also using the Hampton House to serve the people. The Hampton House is right there, smack middle, in what is known as a food desert. I mean, the the, uh, St. Hampton House Community Garden. People will come through, and I don't have any money, but I got some bottles of water. I got some paint uh, doing what it was called, the vortex. One of the coldest days in Chicago history, we turned the Hampton House into a, a, a warming center. Now, I love this part of the story. Remember Irving Middle School, where Fred Hampton went, is right across the street from the Hampton House. So when kids came out of school, they'd see all this activity around the house. Demonstrators, people in the community coming and going. For some of these kids coming out of school, it was the first time they even knew that this great man lived right there and came from their neighborhood. Students not knowing who Chandler Fred was, you know, prior to us being there. But after, you know, we politicized him, one parent said, because of you all's presence there, children have to get bigger t- size T-shirts. And I said, why is that? Mm-hmm. She said, they walk with their chest down now. <laughs> you hear the children, you know, saying, that's part of the desk you sat at, you know? That's part of this, that's part of this lockup. It was a four-year struggle, but in April of 2022, the Hampton House had raised enough to save the house, and it got historical landmark status from the Maywood Village Board. So now Fred Jr. says they're turning their energy towards the work of repairing and preserving the house. The floors were even being redone as Fred Jr. and I spoke. But all the construction work isn't going to stop the more important work. We had open mics right here at the Hampton House. People would come in, not just engage in poetry for poetry's sakes. They were talking about different relevant issues. We have um, the, the Freedom All Radio, which you do every Wednesday. So all that is, so I'm, I'm talking about the garden, the open mic. All that's happening at the Hampton House now. Hampton House, as we speak, you know, Programs, you know what I'm saying? So the renovations um, are happening as all this is still Oh, uh, we, we said we got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. Wow. Wow. Fred Hampton Jr. never knew his dad. His mother was still pregnant with him when Fred Sr. was assassinated in 1969. But when you talk to Fred Jr. today, you can see just how much he shares with his father. The commitment to the cause, the ability to organize, and the unselfish love for the people in the community. And that's why the Hampton House at 804 South 17th Avenue is important. It's a monument to the work and to the commitment of Fred Sr. and Fred Jr. You know, one of my favorite quotes of your dad that I, is, uh, he's 
it's like a, a, a old video he's in the in a in like a courthouse and he's saying um you know we're not gonna fight fire with fire you don't fight fire with fire best you fight fire with water we don't fight fire fire fight fire water we'll fight capitalism black with capitalism fight capitalism socialism like racism racism by racism solidarity yeah oh man that's a that's that's just gold gold from you from from chairman fred yes indeed Allow me to play this clip that we're talking about for y'all in full. What makes them mad about it is that they have black people and white poor people and red poor people and Puerto Rican poor people and Latin American Puerto Rican people of uh, uh, poor people of all descents. They have them caught up in movements based on racism when the Black Panther Party stood up and said that we don't care what anybody says. We don't think you fight fire with fire, bitch. We think you fight fire with water, bitch. We're going to fight racism, not racism, but we're going to fight with solidarity. We said we're not going to fight capitalism with black capitalism, but we're going to fight it with socialism. We still have said we're not going to fight reactionary I want to first thank Chairman Fred Jr. for sitting down with me for today's episode. It really means a lot. The Hampton House is in Maywood, Illinois. There isn't a date set on when the house will be fully open as a museum, but even while it's being worked on, you can schedule a time to visit. Get in touch with Chairman Fred Jr. at SaveTheHamptonHouse at gmail.com. And if you're in the Maywood area and you're interested in getting involved, every Saturday year-round, organizers and folks who just want to make a difference meet at the Hampton House to support projects in the community and the house itself. Power to the people. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was edited by John Delore. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. And my name is Baudelaire. Witness Docs from Stitcher.